Hey, Guild members, it's February, and that means a return to conference season. Some of our favorite educational conferences, DitchedCon, IdeaCon, happened during this month, and as a Guild, we thought it would be a great opportunity to provide some just-in-time content to help you make the most of these inspiring and reinvigorating professional learning events. This episode, entitled Field Guide to Educational Conferences, is one we created very intentionally to coincide with conference season, and it helps us a bunch. And we're looking forward to a re-listen, and we hope you do too. So don't forget to charge those devices, bust out that printed schedule and notebook, and enjoy this remastered episode alongside some of your own favorite professional learning conferences. And who knows, maybe we'll see you there. Welcome back to the Grounded Learners Guild, the podcast that gets real about education, authentic leadership, and the transcendent power of being a part of a highly functioning team. Here are your hosts, La Capitana Casey Veach, team skeptic and idea slinger of spaghetti, Emily Coquelin, and me, clarifying the GLG butter, Jenny Labrie. As each day passes, for better or for worse, the world seems to be spinning more and more towards normalcy. And with this normalcy comes a return to large group gatherings, specifically educational conferences. Those of us in the Grounded Learners Guild have always loved being a part of these events. We get so inspired by hearing the stories of other educators and our passion for teaching, learning, and collaboration always gets rekindled there. And leaving space to rekindle those passions is now more important than ever for educators. But due to sub shortages and staffing issues, it's been more challenging for all of us to make our way to these kinds of events. So for anyone out there looking for a match to rekindle that spark of learning, here are our tips at the GLG for making the most out of an educational conference, whether you're in person or attending from afar. It's our intention with this episode to provide some tried and tested tricks of the trade that we in GLG all use when we're attending conferences to get the most out of that experience. First and foremost, let's talk about why educators now, given how tired we are, given everything that's going on for all of us, why do we want to try to find the time and make that effort to go to a conference. It can be so helpful just to get out of your bubble and surround yourself with thoughts that are different. And it's not anybody's fault, but when you are in the day-to-day grind and in the trenches with the same teachers, the same people, the same staff all the time, you're often thinking and talking about a lot of the same things. And it can be nice to just be in a place where there's other topics, other considerations. It's just a bigger world, you know? Mm-hmm. It's so funny because I had never even thought of attending a conference. You were the ones that got me out of that bubble and challenged me to go somewhere else. And I was like, what is this whole world I've been missing all this time? I was just grateful for people in my life that encouraged me. And I hope that for anybody that's listening to this right now, and if you haven't been to a conference in a while or haven't really thought about it and have been thinking about what are some ways to get us out of that bubble or to encourage us to start thinking and different ways or even just to bring some of the joy and fun back because they're not stuffy conferences there's a lot of fun out there as we'll talk about but that's just something that I just find so important and if you're listening assess that in yourself have you been to one in a while and I would say too some of the best ideas that I have ever come up with 
have actually been stolen slash remixed from the conferences that I have gone to. I jokingly say every good idea I've ever had, I've gotten from Kim Darche by attending all of her sessions. Mm -hmm. And this most recent event is the exact same. That's so funny, Casey, because thinking about you, and I've maybe made this joke before on this podcast, is your Mary Poppins bag. And literally, she has every resource, whether that is a tangible book, or she whips out whatever digital resources she has and finds so much stuff. And Casey, where does all of that stuff come from? Conferences! (laughs) Absolutely. And the beautiful thing, too, is there's many different shapes and sizes. So conferences can be entirely virtual, like we all went to recently, DitchedCon, or they can be massive, massive big events with Mm -hmm. educators that come from across the country. So you just got to find an option that works best for you that aligns what your hopes are. Most of our content area specialists, there are specific conferences for art educators, for English teachers, math. You got to find where your niche, niche, niche? Both. Both (laughs) is and find the event that really is going to help enrich your soul. All that fun stuff. Yeah, and think of all of the guests that we've had Mm -hmm. on this show. (laughs) Many of them, not all, but many of them we've picked up from meeting people at those conferences as well. Absolutely. So we found the conference that we want to go to. There are some things we want to think about doing even before conference day hits to make sure we can get the most out of that experience. So what are some of our tips we have for our listeners for how to really get yourself ready for conference day? I would say beforehand, you want to do something where you take a look at the schedule, figure out at least the first couple of sessions that you're going to go to. I know it's really easy to just be like squirrel when you're at a conference because everything seems so exciting and you just hear something talked up or like sometimes you can change your mind on the fly, but it's always good to have a game plan in place. Like, Mm -hmm. okay, I know I'm going to go see the keynote and then maybe here's one or two sessions that in the first time slot I'm really interested in. And also have a game plan in place for meeting up with people, too, because it is really nice to, I would say, have a thought partner or two that you go to a conference with or can touch base with throughout to talk to about stuff, check in with them about where they're going. And I would take that a step further, too, when it comes to scheduling, because so many conferences, big ones now, use digital platforms. It's always helpful to have that paper version in the event the app isn't working or something goes wrong or your battery dies and you only have two bars left because it didn't charge the night before. What? It's really helpful to have that paper schedule there so that you don't have to rely on the tech if something goes wrong. That's so funny that you say that because I would never do that. (laughs) But that doesn't mean that it's wrong. It's just you got to know your process. It's helpful. It's so for me. And you guys are in my brain, the veterans to going to conferences versus me. And I wouldn't consider myself an attender newbie anymore. But when I was, I literally would just show up. <laughs> and I've seen you can get the most out of it when you do prepare and planning those schedules ahead of time. I'm even just thinking of stuff like I didn't have a water bottle and I would get parched and some conferences have something to drink and others don't or there's just certain tricks that you learn that are important to helping us get through the day, whether that is practically through all of the stuff you're trying to learn or even just on a human level of having your basic needs met. That's kind of where I where I felt like I had to pick some of that stuff up and just learn as I go. So even if you don't 
don't come prepared, totally fine. But what else do we have? I'm really glad, Casey, that you mentioned tech fails too, because I actually am super guilty of forgetting to charge all my stuff before the conference. Like charge every device you might potentially take out even once because you'll find yourself jumping into a wormhole and then your thing will be out of batteries. The The very first conference that I went to with you guys, Casey, I don't know if you remember this, but I did not have any chargers with me. None. None. And I didn't realize how much tech I would be using. And I didn't know how to get home. And my phone died. And I didn't have a GPS to get myself home. So, yep. Making sure you have your chargers and all of the little doodads and knickknacks that you need to get yourself through. Well, and Jenny, it's so funny you mentioned the bodily necessities, right? I have it down to a science now. This episode is field guide, right? I look like a person who's going on an excursion. I have my lunch. A pack mule? I'm a pack mule. I have my (laughs) lunch. She is. With ice to help keep my sandwiches or whatever I have cold. I've got the water bottle that has a twist off and on, not a straw, so that I don't spill because... Learned that lesson with some very expensive tech. So yeah, I'm the pack mule ready for anything. Come hell or high water with snacks galore, power strips. Yeah. I'm known to use a good carabiner here or there to clip things (laughs) onto other (laughs) We really sound like we are going camping. (laughs) But that's what it feels like, right? Because you want to get the most out of the experience that you can. And before with conferences, you used to be packed in super, super tight. So you didn't always have a table to write on or you didn't always have the space to have a lot of stuff. So you have to try to be as compact as you can. So it does look like you're traveling light, but still you have a lot with the light. You also need lots of layers. And for somebody who loves her winter coat, And for winter conferences, I love bringing it, but I usually keep it in the car now because it's one more thing that you have to add. And keep track of. Like all three of us most recently forgot our purses in the space. Because it's just lots to keep too track many of. things to worry about. Um, pardon me. One oh, of us did not forget her purse. <laughs> and I think I need to just do self props for that one because it's almost always like my yep. thing. So I'm just going to take that one. Yeah, you should. All of our listeners by now, hopefully you've heard of Emily and her executive functioning needs. And she was the one that reminded us to remember all of our things. And you deserve those props. Yes. Yes. I was Emily Coakland, rescuer of person for once. <laughs> yes. The <laughs> other thing that we do is decide on what note taking method is going to be or curating resources methods are going to be. I personally, Jenny, you mentioned my Mary Poppins bag. Well, now the Mary Poppins bag is more virtual. I love using Wakelet to curate a whole bunch of links and resources. And the beautiful thing about it is I create my heading, I create my space, and then during the actual event, I'll add PowerPoints, I'll add links, I'll add presenter names, things that I like. That way the system is all set up and ready for me. I do that before the conference starts. Another option for that is if you use the labeled tabs in Google Chrome. So if you are on a device that allows you to tab browsing, if you use the labeled tabs on that and just have one labeled even for like each conference or each session and entire window devoted to that, Mm -hmm. label the tabs accordingly, just some kind of organizational system for your stuff because you can have a hundred tabs open before you Mm -hmm. know it. You really need to have something or you're me. My system is a lot of note taking. I really like the sketch noting. I wouldn't say I'm the queen at sketch noting because there are some of my colleagues that I've learned from that are just amazing artists. And the whole power of sketch noting is not being the best at 
art. It's really about the mental process and the cognitive work that you're doing. And it it helps you remember the information more. And a lot of times, some of the people that I hear that are new to sketchnoting will say, I don't know how you do that in an hour session and get it all done. And so there's some ways to prep ahead of time when you draw certain bubbles or containers or lettering that you can have at the ready so that when you get into that session, those things flow into your artwork a little bit faster. And then you have a more comprehensive piece of information to share with the world at the end of that session. I can't even tell you how many times I go back to those sketch notes to help me remember something Mm -hmm. that I've learned that I want to use again. And I know exactly where to find it because I have such a visual and mental image of what was drawn. Yes. Hey, Jenny, Casey, do either of you remember what my sketch note icon is for something I want to steal? Oh, the raccoon. Yes. Yes. The the swipe Swipe. raccoon. (laughs) I forgot about that. Yes. Yes. Good reminder there. Yes. You have even just those little mental markers help you where you go back to your notes or your drawings to get what you need. Absolutely. So what are some other strategies? Now, it's conference day. You are at the conference and you want to really take it all in and leave yourself as much of an opportunity as you can to get everything that you need. So what are some tips we have? Okay, so there needs to be a little bit of balance. So like a lot of us are in a world, especially those of us who are like instructional coaches or maybe wear multiple hats in what you do. You need to find some balance between the many things that interest you Go back to some of your old favorites. So like if you have someone like a Darche or a Zilli, where like, I always swipe their stuff. You're going to want to check out their session, but you also want to check out someone you haven't seen present before. Find somebody new to uh, really connect with or just try out. Maybe it won't be a hit, but at least you broke out of your typical. And that was one of the things that I found last year. We were hearing more and more about districts needing support with implementing social emotional learning and I just happened to click on a session presented by Allie Hearn and her resources have come in so much handy over the past year and unless I had had that topic focus for why I was attending that day I wouldn't have found this amazing resource that I've been able to share with a bunch of other people so yeah she's brilliant (laughs) Mm -hmm. Thinking back to the episode of us three being introverts, we shouldn't forget to mention that even though we are introverts, that doesn't mean we don't want to make friends or we don't want to talk to people. It may make us exhausted by the end of the conference, but just thinking about ways to connect with people and even just something as silly as finding an open table or, hey, where can we all plug in and share power strip or whatever (laughs) it might be. So really thinking about getting outside of your comfort zone, especially for us introverts, making connections with people old and new. What are some new friends that you can also look for. And and that is no joke. My first two or three conferences, I literally brought a power strip so that I could say, hey, do you mind if I plug this in so then we all could share? Because <laughs> usually power sources are in short supply. So if you are going to a conference for the first time, it doesn't hurt to have a power strip just so you can probably Meet make people. a few more friends. Yes. And why we way. need lots of bags. Multiple <laughs> sure. power strips. There you go. <laughs> Something else that I do, especially when I am doing a virtual conference, because I'm seeing fewer big name presenters provide slides. And for all of us who've been on hour to two hour to three hour long Zooms, it can be really difficult to stay engaged for that long, even if you're sketchnoting or doing some sort of note taking that works for you. Using either a screenshotting tool on your device or a snippet 
can really help collect that information and still make it easily accessible to you if for one reason or another you have to zone out for a second or, oh, this is really helpful, but I don't have time because everything's coming really fast. So making use of screenshots or snips can really be helpful. Backing up to the discussion of trying to meet new people and socialize with new people, I think we'd be remiss not to mention social media. Mm -hmm. I really wasn't all that into Twitter when it first came on the scene, but conferences is one of the things that's really helped me see the power of Twitter. Because if there's like some speakers that you're really resonating with and you don't get a chance to stop and talk to them, just follow them on social. It gives you an opportunity and a possible method to reach out to them later, or even just like follow what else they're doing, see what other conferences they're going to. Check out what the people you've been inspired by in other conferences are doing. Are they at this one? What are they presenting? Or just what are they saying about other stuff? It helps you find new things by using social media as you go. And using a tool like Tweet deck can help you not only keep track of the social media handles of the people you're listening to, especially if they provide that in their resources, but it also allows you to monitor the hashtag of the event so that if you are really seeing, hey, there's a lot of traffic and chatter about this particular presenter, if they have another session later in the day, it gives you the time to shift and attend that session, especially if you're seeing a lot of people who are finding it useful. I found it especially useful for those virtual conferences, Casey. So mm -hmm. especially oh, yeah. when you aren't in person, when you're following those hashtags, it really does help you, especially with that on-demand content yeah. that you can access at any time asynchronous that's where you're going to see those really powerful, impactful, fun sessions that you're going to want to devote your precious time on. That tweet deck really helps you monitor that so you know which ones you're going to want to go to or the ones that match what you're looking for. Mm -hmm. Another one that we have found, and I'm speaking for us, but I know we all shared this experience most recently, is really because we're starting to see more of those in-person events making time and space to see people that you maybe no longer see and work with day to day, those PLN peeps that you haven't been able to connect with in a while, devoting that time to do that because you'll regret it if you don't. I know at a conference we were all at really recently, we saw our former systems engineer or network specialist just to say hi, see how he was doing, seeing a bunch of people that we haven't seen in forever. It was so nice to see them, talk with them, follow up, see how life is. And really, that's the part that's the fun of these conference events. Yeah, and it's maintaining those relationships with those people because over time, yes, the conference is there to help spark a lot of this interest and excitement and inspiration. But then you get back to your work and you're going to need to have those connections at the ready. You might need to reach out and you want to foster those relationships over time and maintain them because there are people you're going to reach out to and connect with at a later date. And honestly, this kind of throws back to literally our first episode even was when we were talking about how you go about forming your guild. These are the people that you tend to go back to for inspiration and for positivity over and over and the people that really you have a mutual drawing of energy from each other. And sometimes they might not be the people that you work with day to day. Sometimes they might. Case in point, we've talked before about the different directions we've all gone and that's awesome. But when we have an opportunity to be together mm -hmm. at a conference, it's really nice to spend some time with you guys yeah. in person. So much fun, and it really enhances the type of learning I'm capable of being around you guys. It's not just kumbaya fun and games. It really does help 
me personally debrief with someone. So I heard this thing. I'm thinking about using it this way. Having a thought partner that's hearing the same messaging that I am helps me really anchor that new learning and want to actually implement and try it. So it's not just yay, hugs, 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 but it's also yay, hugs. Okay, now I need you to attend this one with me so we can talk about it and figure out how we may implement it. Yeah, so, so sweet. What's the other (laughs) flip side of the coin on that one? Okay. Hugs aside. Hugs aside. So I am guilty of this. I'm going to admit it. If something that I am attending is not giving me what I thought based on the title, based on the description, if it's not jiving with me, time is of the essence. There's still something else that I probably wanted to go to and I chose to go to this one over something. So I wanted to make sure everybody knows that at these big events, it's okay to vote with your feet and leave a session if it's not meeting your needs. There's nothing wrong with saying, hey, you're doing fine. This isn't just what I need right now. That is okay. It is much easier to do that when you are sitting on an end. She strategically places herself just in case. (laughs) Especially if it's a session where, ooh, I'm not sure if this is going to be what I think it is. I will intentionally sit on an end just so I can make that exit if it doesn't fit with what my needs are. And that's okay. People have left our sessions when we've presented before. And it's okay. That's the reframe I do in my head. This isn't what they need right now. And that's okay. Yeah, you just got to normalize that process. The other thing I would even just add a tiny little thing to that is try to be in the back and maybe even standing if it's one of the ones where you really had a hard time deciding. Like there are some time slots where you're like, oh my gosh, why are these at the same time? But once you've made your decision and you've checked in and you're at one, place yourself strategically where if it's not what you were looking for or hoping for that you can check out the other one. I'm not trying to sound like it's a free-for-all. And and again, I I really respect the amount of time and preparation that people put into this. We do it too. Absolutely. Like you said, it's not a personal attack on anybody when you leave a session or when somebody leaves our session. It means I need something else from somewhere else right now. It's okay. Yep. And what about after conference? Because we do know professional learning and conference fatigue is real. We have all felt it. So what are some things that we all do after the conference to either revitalize, implement, refresh? So are you talking in reference to professionally or what we need to do as introverts to recharge? <laughs> yes, right. <laughs> well, I think we've already covered that yeah. in our <laughs> other episodes. How to Introvert yes. episode. But when it comes to professionally. Yes. This is kind of a new thing, but really, if you're attending a conference so many times now, there's some virtual content online that maybe you didn't get in person or maybe you didn't get a chance to get, but they offer you more of the content streaming for a little bit longer after. And we talked in our uh, Milk Margarita Malort one with Zilly that like everybody really likes that. So mm-hmm. hey, conference designers, please keep doing that because if there's something that you missed or something you want to check out, if you jump into the virtual content, sometimes you can get some real treasures there that you didn't get a yeah. chance in the live or face-to-face versions of it. So I, I'm it, even it, a little nervous to even say this out loud, but I might say I prefer the on-demand content. Yeah. I love the in-person element and I love to meet people face-to-face. So it's not that, but when it comes to my own processing and learning, mm-hmm. knowing how I cognitively process things 
it allows me to pause, rewind, fast forward, get to what I need to. That's just my own learning style. So I know mm-hmm. it's not for everybody and other people prefer it in different ways, but that stuff that is virtual is the learning that I'm really finding that I'm appreciative of. And I agree, Emily, keep doing more of that. Yeah. But I will say as soon as you can bookmark, not literal bookmark, but note which sessions in that online content you want to go back to and watch. Because for me, unless I do that pretty soon after the conference, I kind of forget what's there to to go back into it. So I almost do like an intentional goal setting. Mm -hmm. Like by this time, I'm going to watch this, 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 and this. And then that's in the back of my mind. So I'll actually intentionally go back and do that. Yeah, this is sort of a weird thing to say, but some conferences go better than others. And I Mm -hmm. think that you need to do a little bit of reflecting if a conference maybe wasn't really resonating with you as much as you would have liked about why that is. Because I think sometimes... Have you ever been to a conference? I'm sure you have, where maybe you start to feel like, I'm doing this. I'm doing Mm -hmm. this. Like a lot of the sessions you go to, like you go, you want to get a new idea, but a lot of the ideas are stuff that you've already internalized or that you've already put into practice. So that to me is like a really big key reflective piece that you might need to change your role or to the capacity to which you're involved in professional conferences if you feel like you're already doing everything that you're seeing at them. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and I would say at that point, it's time for you to present and share because if you're doing all of these things, that's an amazing opportunity for you to give back to a community that has probably given you quite a bit. The other thing I would say too is know your limit. As a very introverted person, I know that by the time 1.30, 2 o'clock hits, my extroversion battery is very, very low. So those are the moments where I go in and look at the virtual content and set those goals because that's part of my processing. That's when I check my email or send presenters emails thanking them for their work. That's when all of that happens because at least I'm still being a part of that conversation and showing gratitude. Yeah, and for anybody that's listening out there, especially when I wanted to touch a little bit more on that part about possibly being time to present yourself, that is something that I know I never would have done without the encouragement of other people. The people that I'm talking to right now, Casey and Emily, obviously, but even you've had people in your lives encourage you to do Mm -hmm. that as well. And so this is also just an encouragement to anybody out there that's listening that hasn't explored that as an option. It's really, really powerful. It is something I never, ever would have done or even thought to do without that encouragement. And I can't say enough. There's so much talent out there that is just hidden or Mm -hmm. yes we are bogged down and we are tired where can you possibly find the time to not only put in an application but then wait to see if you get accepted and then also put together the presentation itself but we find the time and it's something that the energy that it gives you back in this process is just so worth it i can't speak Mm -hmm. highly enough about it and find those people in your life that are going to encourage you to share your story, to share what you've been doing with your students, to share what you've been doing in this incredibly important work that we do in education. You know, Jenny, I actually connected a dot literally while you were talking there. Earlier in the episode, I know I had mentioned you want to try to see someone you've never seen present before, as well as people that you know can tried and true awesome work. But like, now that I'm connecting this dot, we all need people to encourage us to present or keep presenting. Uh, If you have seen a first-time presenter, someone you've Mm -hmm. never seen present before who crushed it, reach out to them. 
take two seconds, send them the DM or at them on Twitter, something like just say something, find them, find a way to contact them. Usually we share our contact information when you present. Mm -hmm. That little extra outreach to tell somebody that they did an awesome job and ask for resources or don't, but it's nice to build up the talent that surrounds us by encouraging new talent, fresh talent, people who are bringing a different angle to the scene than what you're always seeing in that take a moment. If we do that, we're cultivating new talent in such a way that it doesn't get stale. If we always have the same people all the time, yes, we can come up with new ideas ourselves as a grounded learner skill, but what else is out there? And possibly you've learned from groups of people and can we cultivate that in others and continue that as a life cycle of sorts of professional learning? I heard recently Kate the Chemist say it's slingshot. So as a presenter, how can we help build up the next group of people behind us to help continue that cycle of innovation and, and design? So, game time? Yeah, game, game time. time. Of course, it wouldn't be an episode without. Let's do <laughs> <Exactly>. it. <laughs> so we're going to do another matchy-matchy game. So all three of us are looking at six different roles for our specific group at a conference. And the goal is for this group to all match who fills that role, because we in GLG are very role-focused. So our first role is the session scribe. So which one of us is the one who primarily takes the best notes? I had Labrie. Jenny, I I picked myself as well. Yes. Yes. You just have such a beautiful style when it comes to your note taking. Like it's visual, but also synthesis. It's just very distinct. So, Well, thank you. I have to give a shout out to the people who have influenced and taught me how to do what I do. Although, yes, everyone has a distinct style, if you will. Mm -hmm. Both Dana Lottenberger and Suzanne Weider, some people Mm -hmm. that we have all worked with together, they were the ones that taught me some of the tricks of the trade. And Casey, you have also taught classes of students how to sketch note there's so much i mean we could do a whole episode on sketch noting as well which um, we wish. and we need to <laughs> but that said i feel like i need to also mention those two names because those are the ones that have taught me how to do that and honestly again share those on twitter those images yeah. but yeah the note taking when it's something that is fun to look at yes you get a lot and of as a traffic pres- as a presenter too it never stops being thrilling when somebody sketch notes your session yep, like right. every presenter seems to love to see what it looks like yeah it's just another way of thinking about your content it's so cool all right what's next all right madam curator oh my god these <laughs> so are the so obvious <laughs> yeah. the first ones are pretty obvious so okay i said me i put cv cv <laughs> cv yes i almost made a weird comment where i was like if it starts with madam it's probably casey i'm not trying to call you a madam sorry no <laughs> that's okay i forgive you yeah i collect all the things like i'm the nerd who then spends the afternoon when my brain is completely fogged going through every single presentation looking at the session resources was the slide deck provided is this slide deck going to be useful to me in the future and if it is it ends up on my wakelet which i then share with all my friends <laughs> And this is why she is Mary Poppins. Yeah, yeah, that is why. Put it in the bag. Yeah, put it on the wakelet. Next one, we have Stellar Session Selector. So this one has a backstory of amazing sessions they have attended without the duds or just the ones that haven't been for them. This one was hard. I knew for sure it wasn't me, but I didn't know if it was you or Emily. But this is what I put. (laughs) Okay. Ready? Ready? Me. 
I said EC. And I said Casey. But yeah, Emily, you see, I, I could agree with this. This one is, uh, I wasn't sure. Emily, you do have good choices. I have to do the right prep. If I do the right prep, then I am pretty good. If I don't do the right pre-work, like who is this person? What do they have to share? What else is going on? Then I have a tendency to not always get what I was hoping for. Emily, what's your secret? I just being able to make a gut check decision in the moment, sometimes reading descriptions that might even look similar to each other and pick out which one is even a little more stylistically more my taste Mm -hmm. or reading session descriptions really carefully, sometimes just snap judgment. I am a very go with my gut kind of person. And a lot of times I think my gut just takes me to the right place. All right. Next one, we have conference gourmand. So this is the person who either helps find the best food at the conference or helps you get the best food. I hope our listeners by now would be able to guess this one too. (laughs) I put Emily. I put Emily too. Yeah. See, I am not the one with the bag of snacks. I usually show up with nothing and then find a way to find good food. (laughs) She's our personal DoorDash. Yeah. Depending on the location. Depending where. But yeah, like Google it if you're not (laughs) in a location. You will will never see Emily standing in line at the concession stand in the exhibit hall. She will find something 10 times tastier and she'll get it 10 times faster. (laughs) So true. I want to show up with multiple bags of food. Like, hi, everybody. Lunch is here. (laughs) Next, we have Swag Seeker. So this is the person who finds the best free stuff, either in the exhibit hall or throughout the conference. Stickers, stress balls. Oh, yeah. The good stuff. Yeah. Now that you say stickers, I feel like I have made a wrong decision. That's okay. Just go with your gut. Okay, I'm going to go with my gut. I put Casey. Oh, I said Emily. Ooh. How did I get that? Although, I'm not going to lie. I did swipe some more of the bath bombs that were on the tables at the conference I was at recently. Seriously, I didn't even know there were bath bombs. I think it's you. (laughs) Yeah, I think you're right. Because I was the one that spotted the water bottles, too. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Yep. See? Yep. I've okay. gotten some good random stuff through the year, but I think you're more consistent mm-hmm. with getting good stuff. Yeah. Yeah, I think you're right. All right. Influencer extraordinaire. So this is the person who's had the most follows or the most connections with outside people, presenters at the conference. That's the way I understood it. I thought it was like social media hits. I took okay. that differently. So we might have different answers. Maybe yep. not. We'll see. Yep. I said Emily. I said Emily. Oh, dang, I said Jenny because your social media and your sketch notes are so pretty and and people are always like retweeting them. Presenters are like, look at this beautiful thing somebody made. Like, so that's why I said you. Why me? So I often have seen you get the most presenter replies. So if a presenter is going through, you get more interaction on social media. I have found like when Jim Knight commented joe sanfilippo commented jane Keezy commented mm-hmm. you have like a laundry list of people and this is why whether you like it or not you are also our social media, social media marketer for glg yep. Yep. yes as many times as i tell you all i don't know anything about marketing you guys left me in charge of it so all right that's good <laughs> more than we do at least two-thirds of us agree <laughs> all right awesome well that was fun i wasn't keeping score 
but I probably should have. So four out of six, <laughs> we all did great. <laughs> everybody nice wins. Yeah, everyone's everybody a wins. winner. <laughs> Thank you so much for listening. We really hope that you discovered or unearthed a few useful tips to help guide you through any upcoming educational conferences you might be planning to attend. We're looking forward to bringing you some fresh content through the latter half of the season of the Grounded Learners Guild. We're kicking off with an episode on retrieval practices, and we hope you'll engage with our guild as a listener this season. And if you're at IdeaCon this year, stop by the Idea Exchange on Wednesday, February 14th where yours truly will be recording a new episode in a new format that we're calling the Pop Culture Pop-Up. We'll be recording a GLG episode live at the conference, and we'd love to catch up and meet up with our listeners. Who knows? You could be featured on the show. See you soon. And that's a wrap. It's so good to be behind the mics talking to you all. Thanks for choosing to come around to engage with our guild's content as we passionately continue to advocate for adult learners with transparent conversations about the world of education, impactful leadership, and the power of high-functioning teams. If you'd like to connect, the power of the PLN continues as always, and you can find us on our website, thegroundedlearnersguild.com, and on Twitter at GroundedLGuild, at CVeacher, at TechCoachM, and at Jenny Labrie using the hashtag GLGPodChat. Do you even realize your feedback is everything? Feedback is a powerful tool that allows us to be responsive to the topics that matter to you most. If you haven't yet already or are finding us for the first time, how about leaving us a review as well as subscribing? You can find us wherever you stream. Thanks as always for tuning in to be a part of the Grounded Learners Guild. That's it for us, Casey, Emily, and me, Jenny, in today's episode. See you at the next Guild meeting. And don't forget... In the meantime, do your best to stay grounded.